The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Bonus spot here, Fantasy Football Today. Adam, Dave, and Jamie reacting to the Calvin Ridley news. He will be suspended for at least the 2022 season for gambling on NFL games. This is not the reason, reportedly not the reason why he left the team last year. It happened while he was out, and he made some bets, and unfortunately, Calvin Ridley suspended for the 2022 season. And that means this wide receiver core, Dave, there's hardly anyone there. We don't know. There's so much up in the air right now for the Atlanta Falcons. Ridley won't play next year. Russell Gage is a free agent. Uh, Tajay Sharp is a free agent. Olamide Zacchaeus is a restricted free agent. I believe Hayden Hurst is a free agent. They are uh, Christian Blake is a restricted free agent. They've got like their their best remaining receiver right now is Frank Darby from Arizona State. They've got a lot to restock uh, in the coming months. Which is, it'll make things kind of fun. It'll make things interesting with how the Falcons approach it. They clearly have some needs, but I think the door's been kicked down for Kyle Pitts to get a ton of targets, whether or not they're quality targets or end zone targets. That remains to be seen. Yeah. Jamie, is this good or bad for Kyle Pitts? Because on one hand, the targets, yes, probably be there no matter what. But on the other hand, man, right now, they could be terrible offensively. I mean, you know, you can't make a judgment because they have to address that position. I mean, that's it's clearly the the biggest area of need for their offense. So, you know, do they go into the Allen Robinson, uh, Will Fuller, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Christian Kirk? You know, they're varying degrees. They're Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, the guys that are going to get tagged and going to get free, you know, it's not going to be Devontae Adams, not going to be Chris Godwin, not going to be Mike Williams, at least based on the reports. Do they go after Amari Cooper when he's let go? You know, so... They're going to have some mm-hmm. some significant upgrade at, at that position. And then they have three picks in the first two rounds. Uh, eighth overall is where they start, and they have two picks in round two. So they have the ability to reshape their entire receiving core and give Matt Ryan, you know, a bunch of new talent around him because they're not going to have Ridley. And as they've said, you know, these other guys are going to potentially go free. They could bring back Russell Gage. But in terms of Kyle Pitts, um, I mean, he played nine games where Russell Gage was the best receiver on the field with him. So I don't really think Russell Gage is that great. So, you know, whatever they do is really going to be an upgrade uh, over what the group was at the end of last season. So I'm perfectly fine with Kyle Pitts. I think he's the third best tight end coming into the season in fantasy. Uh, Travis Kelsey and and Mark Andrews, uh, I think, are the top two. And then Pitts is in that group with Darren Waller and George Kittle. Uh, But I think he's ahead of those guys. So I'm going to draft him accordingly, uh, probably round three. Uh, If he goes in round two, I think that's probably a little bit too soon. But, you know, splitting hairs, depending on where you pick. Uh, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be just fine. Thousand-yard season as a rookie, he's only going to build off that and get better. Dave, let me give you some numbers here. 17 game pace, 97 yards. <laughs> nope. Uh. 97 catches, 1,148 yards, five touchdowns, 134 targets. That was Russell Gage's pace in his last 10 games when Calvin Ridley was no longer with the team right. last year. Week so, eight on, correct? Uh, yes, yes. And that included, I mean, look at week nine, or actually, it was week nine on. It was their eighth game. It was week nine on, I, I believe. Or, uh, you know what? I think he just 
just didn't play in one of the games. But anyway, um, he had a game with zero catches on three targets. Uh, so even when you factor in that horrible game, you know, you could you could sample size it to make it look better. You still have big opportunity here. So is Atlanta now one of you, would be one of your maybe favorite destinations for a free agent wide receiver? Unquestionably, because this is still a team that's got big question marks at running back as well, and it's and big question marks on defense. So when that's the case, uh, I, I have a hard time believing the Falcons are going to become a well-rounded team, and that means that they're going to have to chuck it a little bit, and I don't think that there's any question that they'll be okay with that. And again, like I, I think Kyle Pitts is going to get targets. He had a 21.1% target share from week eight on without Calvin Ridley. It's just he didn't do anything with it. His catch rate was below 60%. He had three end zone targets. He he I mean, everybody that watched him play or had him in fantasy or played against him in fantasy, you knew that he disappointed. And in that 10-game stretch, Russell Gage and PPR leagues way more fantasy points than Kyle Pitts did. But if you're drafting Pitts, you're assuming that he's going to take the next step and that he'll take advantage of this target opportunity and that he'll get used a lot more in the red zone and that he'll come through in a major way. And that upside is why he's still going to be the number three tight end, not just for Jamie, but for me too. But I'm going to be a little more open. First of of all, I don't know if I'm going to take him as high. Uh, Jamie, when would you take him? When would you take Kyle Pitts in a draft right now? Full people. Round three. Early, middle, late? Depends where I pick. But uh, if he's there in round three, I'll take him. Okay. Yeah, but when when do you think the soonest he should come off the board? I mean, is he a top 30 guy? Is he... I think he's a top 30 guy. You know, if you're going to get in the tight end market, you're going to have to do it in the beginning of the middle of round three. I'm going to wait. I'm going to I'm going to take a different tight end, hopefully around to a round and a half later. I just I'm, I'm not ready to as things stand now where it's Kyle Pitts and the next best receiver is of that Russell Gage level. Man, I'm not I'm not ready to say that he's going to be able to come through on that breakout. Yeah, I think teams are going to teams are going to rookie. He <laughs> did, mean, but teams are going to write that guy's potential is and what the opportunity is for him in his second season. So uh, I think you're missing out if you're not not trying to be aggressive with this type of player because he's going to be the next difference maker at that position. I, I hope you're right, but I think he needs a little bit of help in order to get there. I'm definitely going to have to explore some trends here because I have no I have noticed, I've said this, the most important thing for tight ends is, is targets. And it's probably that way for every position. But some positions, the finishes, you know, the top five finishes – are more reliant on the quality of offense than others. For example, wide receiver, much more important to be on, an, on a great offense than it is at running back. If you're just talking about guys who can finish top five, top 10, top 12, whatever, wide receiver offense matters more than running back. I know that. I don't have my notes in front of me right now. I believe it doesn't really matter that much for tight end. Uh, I think it's really just a target position. Okay, and, and with that, I mean, said, he was fifth in the position of targets as a rookie. Yeah, right, right, but and but he wasn't that good with those five targets. I mean, if we're, if that, we're he being scored fair. four more touchdowns, it's a different season. I, he was great. I love him, and I'm I'm with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm with you. I I like I said if, uh, on a previous podcast. I think by the end of draft season, just gut feeling, I think he's going to be a second round pick. I think people yes. are just going to go crazy for him. Uh, but all I'm saying is, I I think uh, I have to explore. Tight ends who have been on terrible offenses. It has happened recently. I just can't remember exactly who it was who have finished top five. How good on were the offenses, offenses that Waller was on when he had his big? Not, I mean, Mark Andrews' offense last year was horrible. No, it wasn't. Their I, offense? I think when you look at where they finished in scoring, I mean, they were not. I don't care about that. Their offense was horrible. No, it wasn't. <laughs> well, I, it was. I mean, Mark they Andrews' offense. 
was offense was was terrible. Um, well, he didn't miss half the season. But what do you mean? Right. Last but, five games of the season. But you're right. But when but he had 30 percent target share when Lamar Jackson was out, he was better so. with the backup. I'm not saying Andrews was bad. They're, 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 look, their offense was was fine. But by comparison, I mean we're not talking about a world beating offense with the Ravens what they were last year. Right. There's another thing though. Go ahead. Go ahead. That, like if if the Falcons decide, you know what? I, we know he's listed as a tight end. We're just going to use him like a wide receiver exclusively. I almost think that kind of solves a problem for them. And now we're getting into, well, is there an edge in fantasy if he's used as a wide receiver in the NFL, but you can start him at tight end? And the answer is clearly yes. And that's that. I think that's where Jay, part of Jamie's argument is. Like, Not only is this guy like a candidate for 1,000 yards, he had 555 yards after Ridley left in week eight on. So does he have a shot at a thousand yards again? Completely, totally, yes. The targets will be there. The catches will be there. I'm just worried what's going to happen in the red zone and whether or not he'll ever be five plus touchdowns. That might look foolish by the time we get to October. That's why I want somebody else there. And if the Falcons wise up and say, okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna find a different tight end to be the primary tight end, and we know we can line up pits anywhere we want. Let's just use him at wide receiver because we're depleted at wide receiver. That would make some sense, and then you've got an edge at tight end where he could be useful uh, in fantasy for sure. Mm-hmm. And they're also talking be, about bringing back Cordero Patterson. They could put him back at wide receiver. They could do that too. Yeah, there. They, they've got uh, all I mean, kinds they, of guys they have, that can mix and match with. They, they have they have the ability to reshape two positions if they want to. Now they have to be creative with some of their financial situations, but it could clearly come in the draft. They can reshape their backfield. They can reshape their receiving core, and it might be better than what we saw once Calvin Ridley left the field. Because again. Russell Gage is a good player. He's not a difference maker. He's not a great player. Zacchaeus is not a great player. Tajay Sharp is not a great player. These are just guys. If they get younger players in that can have the ability to be difference makers. If they bring in a free agent, that's a better player than what Russell Gage was, which is clearly that the market is available to these guys. They have the opportunity to make this team that much better. And when you look at it in the big scope of where the Falcons are, Tom Brady just retired. Sean Payton just retired. They have the opportunity to be, if things go right, the best team in that division. I don't think they are, but they have the opportunity to because they have the best quarterback right now still in the division as things stand. Matt Ryan is the best quarterback in that division. He's better than what the Panthers have. He's better than what the Bucs have. He's better than (laughs) what the Saints have. It's really true. And so that gives them an edge right away. So are they a great team by any stretch? No. Can they turn their team around? Yes. Is this a death blow for their team? Not even close. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603. For complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Well, by the way, Matt Ryan threw 20 touchdowns last year. He threw 10 of them in the five games that Calvin Ridley played. He threw threw 10 of them in the other, uh, what was I think it was 12 games. Yeah. 12 games that Calvin Ridley did not play. He threw 10 touchdowns. And, I mean, look at the yardage. Last five games. Last eight games. Holy cow. Two games of more than 216 yards. He was pretty bad without Calvin Ridley. Now, there were not a ton of pass attempts in um, some of those games, but it was it was pretty pretty shocking. But imagine if at eight, you know, a lot of people were mocking the, the Falcons to take a quarterback at eight to start preparing for the future. Uh, or addressing defense. But now imagine if they go Garrett Wilson or, or Drake London or Chris Olave or, you know, Jamison Williams, whatever they decide to do at eight uh, and add a receiver there. Then they come back in, in the second round and they add another player uh, or in the fourth round. You know, they have two in the, in the second, one in the third, one in the fourth. You know, they decide to go that route. They, they have an opportunity here to do whatever they want to with their yes. offense and their skill players. And hopefully Arthur Smith is the right guy to unlock that. We've seen him do it as a coordinator in, in Tennessee with certain positions. Obviously, you know, we were excited about how he was going to do as a tight end as a, as a guy who has a tight end background, um, you know, dealing with, with Kyle Pitts. We have Matt Ryan, if you look at his history, obviously suggests that he leans on his tight ends. Tony Gonzalez had some great years with him. Uh, that's why we were excited about Hayden Hurst once upon a time when he yeah, signed there. Yeah, so. I don't... But he didn't lean on his tight ends when he didn't have Tony Gonzalez, you know? Well, he did. But he will, uh, he will know, do it... Was, was good. He will do it with Pitts. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, uh, but, okay, but they, they draft a rookie in the first round. What, what are they going to have a good offense? They've drafted a rookie wide receiver in the first round. They, they need, they, they need, they it's probably not, it's not about need a rookie and a veteran. It, it's, well, I mean, the Bengals would probably argue differently, but you know, it, it's not about necessarily just, you know, what they get and who they get. It's how they make that player fit. I know, but what, I, I don't really know. I, I don't really know what you're trying to say because I, what I'm saying is the Falcons right now look like they have one of the worst offenses in football. Well, of course, right, right. now they do. Sure. Yeah. So what do they have to do? I don't know that drafting, you know, a, a wide receiver eighth overall makes them better than that though. It's, no, it's, that, I think it's round two. I think they do it in round two. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's not going to, I don't think that's going to change their offense. They're not no. going to well, offense. I, I most mean, likely. It depends on what you mean by change. Is it going to make them a top five offense? No top 10 offense. Probably not, but can they get into the top 15? And I, it, I don't think it's just, just addressing that, that it, it, that's the only thing they do to address their offense. I mean, they have to do something in free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I saw a, a free agent list. I forget which publication had it. It wasn't ours. Uh, that Cordero Patterson is the best running back in free agency. Now, I think we would probably all, you know, kind of turn our heads at that. But there are some people that think his versatility brings a lot to the table because of what he does as a pass catcher and what he can do, you know, and what he showed you as a rusher, comparatively to a Melvin Gordon or a James Conner or even a, a Leonard Fournette. So they bring him back. They bring in a, a free agent wide receiver. Let's just say I, I would, to me, if I'm looking at it, you know, you have the, the field stretchers, you know, the Marcos Valdez-Gantlings, the Wolf Fuller when he's healthy, um, DJ Chark, you know, somebody of that of that caliber, you know, who can, you know, open things up a little bit. Or do you bring in somebody like an Allen Robinson, who's who's a possession guy, Christian Kirk, who, you know, who, who might be the prize of free agency, to be honest with you, just based on how young he is and what he still has the ability to do, if you talk to some people in the league. Um, there, 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 there's ways to fix this offense and fix it quickly. The problem becomes is if they don't do that and they only go and say, okay, we're going to take eighth overall, Jameson Williams. We're going to take uh, Drake London, you know, in, in round two. We're going to take, you know, Alex Pierce in, in round four. You know, whatever whatever they do. If that's all they do and they bring back Russell Gates, then, yeah, it's going to be another, you know, tough season to say this Falcons offense is going to turn things around and turn around quickly. Well, 
I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even well, know if this is a fantasy discussion at this point. I think it was kind of about Kyle Pitts and the offense he would be on. I'll tell you, in 2018, the San Francisco 49ers were 21st in scoring. And that year, George Kittle was tight end two with 88 catches, 1,377 yards, and five touchdowns. I believe that was, maybe still is, the record for receiving yards as a for a tight end. I don't know if Kelsey beat that. Well, that 2018 that. season, that was Kelsey was a monster, Kittle was a monster, and Ertz was a Ertz, monster, right? Yep. Uh, yes, and, right. And, and, and that Ertz, was, they were in a great offense. Thinking, that was Kittle's second season in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. I'm almost positive. Yeah. So, look, I, I mean, again, I didn't mean to come on here and talk badly about Kyle Pitts. It's, I am a no, big Kyle I mean, look, Pitts it's, fan. It's, relevant question. it's a relevant question, and the question is going to remain, and, and we'll talk about all offseason. How good is he? Is he going to is he going to be this unicorn that he was drafted to be? Because we didn't see a unicorn last year. And if he, uh, if he, we saw flashes of it. We we saw flashes of it. He had 19 targets of a, from 15 plus air yards last year. He caught six of them. On those he six was catches, with so much attention from defenses. And I mean, what's going to happen if they don't have? Because now he's in year two, now. and guys get better. He has a full off season. You know, there are a lot of coaches that talked about this uh, at the combine. In terms of, uh, I'll give you one that a player you like, Adam uh, Nick Sirianni, talking about Devonte Smith, and he said last year at this time he was finding out where he was going to live. He was trying to get through the draft process. He was dealing with all the offseason crap that comes with being a rookie going to the NFL, mm-hmm. and now he goes to the program in the offseason. All these rookies, when they go through this, they either take the next step forward or they kind of fall back, and that's when you see a player, if he's going to become great, I think you're going to see a situation where Kyle Pitts is going to become great. I think he's got the quarterback in place to do it because Matt Ryan's, I'm sure, going to get those guys together. They do it in South Florida. Uh, at least they were doing it the last couple of offseasons. So I'm sure he's going to get Kyle Pitts on the field. They'll work some things out together. They have the same play caller for the second year in a row, and it's going to be ha- uh, a big step for him. I like Arthur Smith as a tight end coach because that's something that he did in his past for as the office coordinator in Tennessee. So I think Kyle Pitts is going to build off the second thousand yard season for a rookie tight end ever in the NFL. That speaks volumes. A lot of guys have come in this league and been good. He's only the second one to ever do it. Okay, and we'll yeah. see if any. Uh, we'll see who the rest of their offense looks like. I don't know if we mentioned their offensive right. line, but that needs a that needs an upgrade too. But there are there is a lot of opportunity available. And for Calvin Ridley, I mean, we haven't talked about the dynasty value here, Dave. But what's what's the dynasty value? It's at least the twenty twenty two season. It's at least the twenty twenty two season, and I feel like he falls into one of two buckets. If he's on your dynasty team and you're rebuilding. You might as well hang on to him and see what shakes out starting in 2023. If you've got a contending team in 2022, you've got a tradable piece in Calvin Ridley to a team that's going to tank. I just don't think you're going to get what you might have gotten 24, 48 hours ago for him. So, of course not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not because the, the, but he needs to, he's going to be on a lot of teams that are rebuilding. I think that's the point. Uh, you're, you're, you're potty training your son right now. Well, I'm trying. That's, that's, that's the dynasty value for Calvin Ridley right now. Go, go teach him how to flush. You know who I think will have something to say about his dynasty value is, is Michael Thomas. This is a guy, Michael Thomas has basically had two zeros in a row, right? Two, yeah, you know, okay. and not there exactly. guaranteed that he was missing a season, though. No, but what I'm saying is Michael Thomas, we haven't seen him really do anything great in two years. Two years ago, he was the best receiver in football. It's going to be two years, basically, of Calvin Ridley doing almost nothing. If if Thomas comes back and has a big resurgence season, I think it'll give people hope that after essentially sitting out two years, he's played six games in 2021, that Calvin Ridley can come back and, and do that. That's assuming he only misses one year. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the, the problem, though, is Calvin Ridley's coming back at 29. He's coming back maybe to a different quarterback, maybe to a different team. I don't know. And it's not like Calvin Ridley. While he was good, he hasn't had the heights of Michael Thomas. Yeah. I just, you know, you try to draw on history. Who has missed that much time, come back, and, and been good? I don't know if it's how I can't think of anyone. If Thomas can do it, at least it'll give us a little bit of hope. By the way, I'm just looking this up now. I, he's 29. <laughs> Michael Thomas uh, turned 29. Oh, he turned 29 March 3rd. Hey, happy birthday, Michael Thomas. All right. Wouldn't Calvin Ridley's age be useful, too? Yeah, Jamie said he'll be 29. Yeah. Is that what you okay. meant, Jamie? Well, no, no, no. He'll be... He's 28 now. He'll be 29 when he comes back. He's 27 now. He'll be 28 a well, year I guess he's 28 by the time the league year starts. So he'll be 29 right. by the time the league year starts. All right. So not that much different, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, I might have seen the best of him. I, I, I mean, look. I'll take a third, there, I'll take a third round a window pick. If you want to try and buy Calvin Ridley cheap. I'll give up uh, a third I'd round pick. I'll give up a third round rookie pick for Ridley, would you? That's about it. Yeah. Okay. All right, good show, guys. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. Back tomorrow with Free Agent Destinations. Now we can say, I'd like to see this guy go to Atlanta. All right, we'll talk to you then on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.